Hello, listener. Today on the show, Dr. Margaret Van Koops is coming back again, a famous esoteric author and veteran paranormal researcher. She's been around since before it was okay to talk about stuff like this, so it should be interesting. Dr. Margaret is getting her Easy Peasy Solutions program online, and it's basically just like a spiritual teaching school. And she also had a recent book come out, The Light Side of the Oneness. She's also got a podcast and is all around a fantastic person to talk to. So let's get into it, shall we? You're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. Dr. Margaret, can you hear me? Doctor? Uh, I see your face. Hello, I'm here. I'm just putting in my... I'm sorry, it wasn't my fault. Oh, uh, no worries. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, let me just get my... Um, I put the video on so you can see me. But my my um, buds got all messed up. How's Easy I mean, Peasy Solutions? Been, Katie does it all. So she's been putting up our show, Dr. Margaret and Dr... Katie Speaks on Saturdays. We've been doing that. And um, I've been putting up videos on what I'm going to teach online. But uh, we've got a chap in, uh, in India that will do the proper university program, you know, uh, website. Uh, and so I'm busy writing all the classes and courses that I'm going to teach. But I'm also looking for other teachers, we can't do everything morning, noon, and night, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I want to find skilled other teachers that like to come on and teach the classes eventually. Hopefully it get bigger and bigger. Uh, I don't see myself as the ultimate um, controlling factor on it. I'm sure the one this has been telling me since I was five that I'm going to have a school one day. <laughs> and believe you me, I, I did have a, a school in England, but only for a couple of years, and I knew it was a dress rehearsal for what was to come, but it ran very well. I had um, a building I owned, and uh, we had small rooms. England has small rooms in Are houses. you back in England? No, 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 no. I'm an American. <laughs> and I thought that you were in Japan last time I was talking to you. Uh, I could have been. Um, I, I'm traveling backwards and forwards. But no, I haven't been in Japan since 2016. Oh, what a, am I my, thinking of? Wow. My husband died. And so that grounded me. And uh, then COVID broke out. Yeah. And before that, when I was 2016, he was just ill all the time. I couldn't leave him. You know, I, he'd fall over. He broke his arms. Different things happened. There was a lot of down on, on that. 
Uh, meanwhile, the girl that was hosting me for the classes, uh, her brother is a, um, what do you call it, a, a legal lawyer with land and stuff like that, estates, I suppose. Hmm. And they made out some new laws that if you came into the country and were teaching uh, and you didn't have a permit, which I've never had in the 28 years I've been going over there because it wasn't <laughs> necessary. Uh, now they wanted it. And she just went into a panic because he scared the life out of her and said she'll be sued and this and that by the government. Uh, and so uh, she quit. And so she's moved to another town, even though she still has a big centre and she's not using it. And, you know, and then COVID has just killed everybody. You know, nobody can meet, so... You know, I've been just doing videos online and, and teaching that way free. Yeah, how's, you know, so. how's the journey into an unknown world going? Oh, it's going well. And Katie is always, I've been doing that for since 2010. Mm -hmm. So my original audios were, no videos, um, were uh, done separately. So I would do a radio show, put that, my husband would edit it and put it up. Because he was a stickler for stickle, whatever the word is, sticker. Stickler. <laughs> stickler, yeah. Um, for um, having no little beeps and blobs. Uh, because back in those days, they wanted a perfect recording. Well, now today, um, they don't care if you sneeze or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're natural, which is nice. So now when I do the show, I pull up Audacity and uh you know, um, video and mm. so I record it both ways, and then I put it up on YouTube and on um, my radio. But so now, oh my, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> well, that still it seems like oh, you've been pretty productive though, despite oh, I have, yeah. yes, I have all the um, uh, things that I put up, she, she shares, and so uh, that she's doing that work for me, so that's good. <coughs> I am got new water. Do you you want to go grab some water? Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. totally. Hang on. Hang on. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Okay. So what have you been working on lately besides your podcast? Um, writing all the scripts for the real university. This guy in India that's going to do it for us is going to do it for uh, $2,000 as opposed to here, $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> but we're being very careful and uh, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm the only one that's writing all the classes at the moment because Katie has all these different things I was telling you about. So she's just going to be attending. She'll watch my classes and learn to uh, in the practical ones. So I'm uh, working on psychic development at the uh, intro levels. And tell me uh, about that. Well, the uh, psychic um, skills are very much in the young babies being born right now. And so we have to teach the adults so that they can bring up their babies to um, really know and understand as they get older how normal it is so that by the time they're adults and their parents and they're teaching their kids, we will have two more generations of um, you know, people all over the world who are psychic and who will be listening and paying attention to one another instead of going into hearsay and gossip and all the rest of it that we've got. 
and uh, you know we're now out of the i did a two-hour talk on the Pais the great Piscean age of 3500 years and now we're in the great aquarian age which is uh, around 3260s you gave a did you say that you gave a talk on it i did i did a two-hour talk on it nice how'd that go uh well i don't know how it goes i mean i never go and check how many people <laughs> no i mean thing. like did you did you feel like it was a good vibe in the room everybody got the message uh i was on my own well the people who were listening uh, i was on my own i just oh you traveled. were just recording it yeah oh, okay yeah. that's how i do all my shows oh. I, I'm, actually, I'm actually in my heating room i'll turn it around if you see gotcha i imagine that you went out on the stage in like a crowd no, not now. I can't because of COVID. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So how, how are you going to begin this? Um, I was interested. I was just thinking about it. Like you're starting your psychic development class for beginners. How mm -hmm. does how does that kind of work? Like what would you go about doing just like a like a day in a practice at your school doing that? Uh, well, if I had a real class full of students, it would be very, very different from the way I have to teach online. So we're having to adapt the course in many different ways uh, yeah in fact all my classes uh courses have a lot of practice so um and you know when you're on zoom you can have many windows but it's difficult i don't even know how to pair people off and have them work together uh, with my supervision you know because i don't mm. know how i can group two people together say i have 10 people and I have five groups how am I going to watch them, listen to them, and so on? So it is a big issue. It's much more challenging. Yeah, to do it online. So uh, right now I'm just focusing on the theory. What, and, what is uh, the theory? Oh, <laughs> only about 50 hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, the, the beginning part is to understand your five senses are controlled by your spirit coding in your soul vibration that you came into embodiment with it is subliminal deeply subliminal it's in the deep subconscious so it's instinct for us as babies and uh, instinct is like i want to touch that and feel that and find out what it does you know but it, yeah. babies don't have all the words they just touch <laughs> yeah. so we, we talk about psychometry which is a sense of touch feeling energy coming at you or you putting energy out uh, then we talk about clairvoyance the ability to see images and to understand the many meanings that images have Mm -hmm. uh, because everybody is very individual. So if I gave you a telephone, you obviously know it's to do with communications. But what does a telephone mean to you? You could have had just had a raging argument with someone on the telephone. And so immediately go into a consciousness of saying that you, you think um, that it's about this argument. Mm -hmm. When in fact, the telephone might be just a symbol of you need to learn to communicate in a softer manner. So they have to learn to look at the emotions that come with the image uh, and learn how to mix the two. Uh, and the emotions comes through the 
uh, psychometry of how you feel, because it's very physical. The baby doesn't have intellect, has feeling. And that's our primary coding from the spirit, from our soul vibration. Uh, and so then, we, so we've done uh, psychometry, we've done clairaudience, uh, comes after clairvoyance, sorry, we've done clairvoyance and we come into clairaudience. Clairaudience is when you talk to yourself or you hear voices in your head, or, or like you might be sitting in one room and you think someone's come in the house and called you and you go to look, no one's there. Usually the spirit guides will give you external uh, you know, voices, simple things like call your name, uh, make a barking dog and you think, I haven't got a dog in the house, where's that come from? Or mm-hmm. something, you know, something simple that is to catch your attention in the beginning to make you aware that you can hear the spirit world. And uh, once you get used to that, then you start learning to listen to your own voice, which is their voice speaking in your voice in your head. And once you get used to that, then they start to give you other voices. And they might use your mother's voice or, you know, voices that are familiar to you, so you're not afraid. Does it require any visualization? Um, In terms of clear audience, uh, they all come together eventually. I'm just giving them separately. Mm. You know? So I have to teach all these different things separately. And when I've taught them the theory, then we go into the practice where we partner up and, and, and uh, commun- communicate with spirit guides. All these things are taught. Uh, and uh, so when you've done clear audience, so you've done psychometry, clairvoyance, clear audience, and you go into clear sentience, which is smell and taste. And of course, as infants, we have a lot of prolific smells and tastes because we don't have uh, any, um, you know, bugs in our nose or, you know, uh, allergies and colds and things yet. So baby, so if you, for example, put a baby to mum's breast and mum's breast has got cream on, the child can really smell that smell, that cream. And when you become an adult, you might be given the same cream and you don't smell it anymore. So you don't get the same connection. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So over time, your sense of smell and taste changes. For example, you're drinking milk and baby food. And by the time you're an adult, you are having probably food from 10 different countries when you fancy it. So your taste has changed. So your images change as you change. Uh, and so they collage together, smell and taste, obviously. And then ultimately you have to learn to put all five senses together so that you can really read uh, someone. Uh, and you have to learn to use psychometry to feel the person you're with. Uh, and so, you know, I have to put them through exercises where they're working in twos. Uh, and then change them around, work with another partner, and so on. So they can't do that on fear. Zoom. No, yeah. So yeah. Is, is there any like uh, pre- preliminary, like uh, preliminary? I mean, meditations. Yeah, I have a lot of um, things that I put them through during the classes as well. So I will be doing some of that uh, singularly, for course, because they're on their own, but focused on how they feel about their family, familiar people that they're familiar with, because the brain is also a recorder. In the meditation, they do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can bring up your mother and feel her energy and feel how she's a good one to work with because we've been in the womb. 
See, I've never, I, I can't do any of that other stuff, but when it comes to meditation, I can definitely meditate really well. But I, I never do stuff like that. Mostly I just try and not think and have like- yeah, well, that, was, that was the way of telling people to meditate years ago because um, an empty mind means you're not going to run your, your conscious mind, which says, oh, itchy nose, uh, scratch, that's a distraction. Yeah, you just focus uh, on your breathing and then you kind of work into vis visualizations after that. Right. Personally, and, I prefer like geometry, but mm. people do all kinds of stuff. Some people that I know who kind of meditate like me, they like to visualize that they're on a, a rock over a cliff and there's like a river going by. Mm. Oh, there's that psychic reverie. Well, they, they imagine that when a thought pops into their head that's distracting them, mm. it goes down the river. Yeah, I understand that. There yeah. are many, many people out there who have their own ways of doing it and share it and teach it um and you uh well where i come from is i don't want to give my students a thing to focus on because it becomes a habit and when it becomes a habit it in time it limits what you can get whereas i, I feel you, that yeah whereas if you learn from the beginning the right way to do it from my point of view um which is to have uh, a there's another class that I did. There's so many things, and I'll be doing this online as well, where uh, you actually um, focus on the wall. And every time you have a thought, a feeling, an image, an itchy nose, whatever it is, um, because that is a distraction, it's a conscious mind distracting yep. you from being there. I have them say out loud, I drifted. Now, when the conscious mind hears one is said out loud every time you've drifted 21 times, it becomes a lesson learned because the brain learns by association that when you're 21, you're a free spirit and you can do anything you want to do. Yeah, and if you have like emotion too, when you say that, then it'll be even stronger, right? Right. And then when you've done that with your eyes open uh, and you get angry at first, different things will happen because the emotions come up to try and distract you. Okay. So then we do the same thing. If you're looking at the wall, eyes open, and of course, and you're guilty and angry or whatever's coming up, you, you say out loud, I drifted, just the same. So your brain learns you are not taken down by your emotions. Yeah. They're a passing fantasy and they, that emotion passes away, as you say, I think. And you can train your subconscious mind to just perfectly do that every time. Yeah, because the 21 is the key, okay? Um, and that literally is the key of the door. We used to say when you're 21, you're an adult, you can have the key of the door. That's my generation. Today, they say when you're 21, you can have a beer. <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. Okay. So um, then when you've done that, then you um, close your eyes and you do the same thing. And immediately the conscious mind will say, this is a different scenario, I can fidget. So you start fidgeting, you start getting images, you start you know, going off a tangent with your worries and your insecurities, whatever. And exactly the same as before, you allow yourself to fidget and flash and uh, fuss and do whatever. 
and you might have hot and cold flashes and things like that as well. That's all part of the distraction. So again, you say out loud, I drifted 21 times. And by the time you've done that, and, and you may need to do it 21 different days. But it'll recenter well. you. Yeah, but it will recenter. Now you've done physical. Now you're going to do inwardly. So the next time you do it 21 times, 21 days, whatever you want to do, depends on the individual, how much quickly you master yourself. You now sit on your hands because you cannot scratch your nose or fidget or rearrange your shirt or something. You know, it's amazing what the, what the brain will do to distract Everything. You. It'll do yeah. anything and everything. It's really yeah. annoying. Yeah, so you sit on your hands and again, when you want to scratch your nose, you don't, if you want to, some people are high physicals, I let them come out and scratch their nose and say, I drifted again, that's a rehash. I just but fight if, through it. Yeah, but if you, if you don't want to rehash, then just sit on your hands and every time you want to move your hands or you move your body, you say, I drifted out loud again. Uh, and you do that 21 nights or whatever, you know, until you get to a point where you can actually take your deep breaths and you breathe in and out 21 times and not think mm -hmm. anything. Oh, uh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. And at that point, when you're not thinking anything, you're slipping to images. And yeah. You, because your conscious mind want something it can hold on to. So the images that you're going to get will be out of, out of your life. The hypnagogic state, right? Yeah. So at that point, you're going to say again, aloud or softly, or in your mind, depending on whether you're intellectual type or physical type or emotional type, uh, you'll sit there and say, every time you see an image that you know is out of your past. Uh, for example, I was working with my telegrams, my core telegrams recently. Mm -hmm. And so I got into that image thing and I was seeing my old school. I was seeing, um, you know, when I was in school, I made a jump from my school to when I was in school. Now at that point, I didn't say I drifted or anything out loud, but I said to myself, I drifted. And immediately I fell asleep. Hmm. Okay. Now falling asleep is a way which I wanted to do anyway because I was in bed. But um, you know, I was not looking for the reasons. I was looking to release the energy from my from my um, spine. I have a, a a bump on my spine that is just muscular. I've been having chiropractic manipulations for over a year because I got my car dragged me down my freeway, uh, oh. not my freeway, my pathway. So it was silly. But anyway, it's another story. So I'm still healing it and have been all these this whole year. And so I've got to a point where it's almost smaller, you know, it's smaller, but not gone. Uh, so I put the core telegrams in that area and so I was focusing and it won, you know, my mind wanted to take me into climbing the stairs in my center. And then it wanted to take me to the school I was in. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to know what I was storing back there. I just wanted to heal it. So that's when I just said to myself, I drifted. And because I'm used to meditations and all the rest of it, 
I just then turned over, making sure my telegram is where I'd want it. In fact, I'm wearing it on my back right now, stuck with plaster. Uh, and it's healed it, almost gone, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, these are things you can do when you get to a point of subliminal energy because you move yeah. through your energy into the deep subconscious. And the deep subconscious then gives you what your soul needs to I love to you. explore the subconscious. Do you like food? Do you not like going places? Do you like staying home and having food brought to you? Well, you're in luck because a thing called Blue Apron exists. With multiple pricing, there's a way to get the gourmet delicious meals under any budget. And it's totally worth it. Cryptic Chronicles would not promote Blue Apron unless it knew how good it is for you. With all the junk and everything these days, the majority of people sustain themselves on poison and don't even know it. A healthy spirit, mind, and body requires a healthy lifestyle, and the ability to take care of yourself, and feed your body all the nutrients it needs to function at its best in our highly demanding lives. You get to choose your own meals. The chef-designed recipes include balanced Mediterranean delicacies, quick one-pan dinners, and top-rated customer favorites. Unpack your home-delivered box with enthusiasm because there's a guarantee on freshness and the highest quality of all Blue Apron products and ingredients. Create magic following our step-by-step instructions, you'll experience the magic of cooking recipes that the master Blue Apron chefs created with your family's tastes in mind. With step-by-step instructions, so you never miss a beat and have to get frustrated about making the meal. I know I do that. At least, when I'm not eating a delicious Blue Apron meal that is responsibly sourced, quality ingredients like fresh produce, sustainable seafood and exclusive spice blends means you're going to have a meal that's stopped here over the common fast food garbage most people eat. And Blue Apron cares about the environment, which is another reason I love them so much, with recyclable ice packs and packaging to ensure your ingredients stay fresh until you're home and ready and easily disposable for the health of Mother Earth. Do yourself a favor, and take care of your body and mind the way nature intended it, with a healthy meal that's also gloriously delicious. With Blue Apron, the yummy goodness is dropped off right to your very doorstep. So if you like food, and you like not going places, then why not try Blue Apron, and give your mind a rest from going to crowded grocery stores, and writing a list of stuff to get, only to forget half. $30 off weed with code podcast? Did someone say $30 off weed with code podcast? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at amuse.com. Use promo code podcast to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's amuse.com. But I, I did want to go back real quick because I had one more question for you. Mm-hmm. When when people are at that state, when they get into the deep hypnotic, got the hypnotic state, mm-hmm. what do you tell people who see scary images? Okay, um, well, that's again another part of my courses. Uh, I teach them right in the beginning how to protect themselves from the dark side. Because some people see some weird stuff. Oh, yes. There's a lot of weird stuff. If you 
were to read my book, My Journey into Oneness, The Way to Oneness Revisited, which has been republished many times, as I learn more and put more in there or do something, say something about my life, you know. Um, then uh, what they do is they're forewarned, they're forearmed, and they have certain things I teach them to do. So, for example, if you're sitting with a partner and you suddenly feel their whole body's energy and you feel like you just had a, you know, a breakdown in yourself as a medium, you know that you have that, then I have certain techniques which allow them to talk about that to their partner and say, you had a breakdown, and then to release it into the ground so that they don't hold on to that person's feelings. You don't need to keep them, they only need a temporary psychometry connection mm -hmm. to see that they've had that breakdown. Now, if they've had a breakdown themselves, they're going to identify with that. So we have to also give them techniques where they can release their own breakdown at the same time. Mm. So uh, there's, there's a lot of different things I teach the students in practical work as they come up. But I also spend two or three hours every, you know, workshop that I'm teaching training because they're day long workshops. Um, two hours of theory before we even get into any practice. Do you teach that the hypnagogic hallucinations might be something from their subconscious that could teach them something, even even if they do look scary? Hmm. Yeah, we go into all of that symbolism, example, right? Yeah, when I was a kid, I watched one of the old black and white Dracula movies. Uh, uh, you know, when I say a kid, I was about 16, I guess, because we didn't have a TV till I was about 14 or 15. <laughs> and we weren't allowed to watch anything but the news in the beginning. <laughs> uh, I wasn't allowed day. to watch a lot well, of stuff either. One, one day we came <laughs> home and uh, the flat was dark. And it was, we, my mum and I had been to the movie. And... Uh, there was light flashing and we thought what the hell and we walk into the living room and there's dad sitting in front of the tv watching the tiller girls which is like you you know where they'll throw their legs up in a line mm -hmm. and dance around same kind of thing we had our own girls in england i can't remember what they were called here but they don't appear anymore <laughs> I know what you're old about. history yeah mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so he was guilty. And uh, so after that, we were allowed to watch some shows and movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so this Dracula going back, I, I for years, I used to feel like someone was going to suck my neck. But I was also having alien encounters. They were coming into me and taking me up to ships and all these things were going on. And so was a, I had a lot of fear as a child. What aliens? Um, mostly the Greys or the Arcturians. Uh, Arcturians didn't come that often, but when they did, they were checking me over and they would remind me that I am one of them. Uh, I'm an ancient Arcturian, which I cannot prove what is true. <laughs> so, it's just something they told me and I was a child and never forget it. And I know when I'm channeling uh, and there's no identity, you know, just all this wisdom's pouring through me. That, that I'm channeling Arturians. When um, I'm working with the Greys, um, I actually had uh, an infant myself. Uh, it was uh, half-caste, as we called it back in England. We didn't say 
you know, whatever they use today, I can't think of the word right now. Uh, and uh, they used to take me out and, uh, you know, I was 15 and I was a virgin. Uh, and uh, they gave me an incredible one night stand. Uh, it was all mental, I knew that later while they were inseminating me. Uh, but, um, you know, it was an incredible experience, even though it was all in my head. <laughs> uh, and uh, when I was uh, sort of three months pregnant, I started getting this little butterfly feelings that a woman gets down there when the quickening happens. And I told my mum all these things, and my mum said I was having a wet dream and it was all stupid and don't be silly. I haven't got a boyfriend, blah, 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 it's impossible. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was so uh, sure I was pregnant that I insisted she take me to the doctor and the doctor would not examine me down there because I'm a virgin. And then about weeks, 10 days later, I woke up and uh, I wasn't pregnant anymore. And I knew something had happened. Again, told my mom, she wouldn't believe me. Thought I had a vivid imagination. She always told me that from as soon as I could talk. Because I was always talking about what I was seeing. <laughs> uh, and she couldn't see it. You know, I did find out she saw the greys. Uh, yeah, what were the greys like? Well, there's different ones. The one that used to come and play with me was the same height as me. Very small, under three foot. You know, they, they got kind of a bad rap, you know. Yeah, and uh, he would play with me and he would uh, tell me stories. I don't remember them, but I know he did. And uh, my my third son had the same thing. Uh, and uh, I would look over the balcony and hear him talking one sided conversation. He was playing in a box and he was saying things like, no, not like that. And then there'd be silence and then see what hmm. you've done. And, and then quiet again, and then um, you tore it, you know. Wait, going going back to the pregnant thing, did you give birth to like an alien hybrid, maybe? No, I didn't give actual birth. They take the baby when it's quickened, and then yeah. they grow it up on the ship. I yeah. know, but still, you oh, ma- you made a daughter. you made a, yeah. a hybrid with yes, the gray that- with the grays. Yes, they made it. I didn't make it. They made it. Wow. Uh, but, but, you know, her, she, um, Does, I was brought doesn't up Doesn't that kind of make ship. you mad? No, no. I knew what they were doing. It's too much to talk about. But basically, long before I ever got to an age to have a baby, uh, they took me on the ships. I remember all the times floating up towards the ship uh, and seeing all the lights and and uh, waking up outside you know, early dew in the morning, uh, wondering how the hell I got outside because they hadn't oh, wow. brought me back to the room. They'd left me outside so I'd remember. Uh, different things like that. And uh, of course, I had to keep it very secret my whole life because being a medium from 21 in England, I could never tell anyone. Yeah, you can't talk about that stuff. No, you couldn't. But now I have. I've, I've gone on out this uh, to um, uh, UFO conferences and talked and told people. Are you going to move on? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't go to move on. I have George Norrie and I go back. I was the one who told George Norrie all about the pyramids. Uh, we were working for detective sort of agent, psychic de- detective aid agency. With oh, really? 
Al, Al was running it. And because I'd been working with the police in England on murder cases and things and helping them find the murderer, I did several of those, um, he wanted me to work with him on that. And I'm doing readings in the booth where he is. And um, into this came George and he wanted a reading and, you know, and I sat with him and told him all about the pyramids and the sphinx and everything that I told him has come to pass. But what'd you true. tell him about this, this, that, the sphinx and whatnot? Well, uh, my, my grandfather, first of all, you have to understand my grandfather was an archaeologist, a magistrate, mm -hmm. uh, explorer, and uh, investigating graves and things as well. He did a lot. He worked with Carver uh, out there as well. But this was during the war. I've got a picture of him standing with his men underneath the chin of the sphinx on dirt. That's how much it was covered up. Oh, wow. And he told me uh, what when I was small, you know, that uh, there is a whole big building underneath. He didn't, you know, like, he didn't say what, uh, but he was a dowser, you see, so he mm -hmm. walked around dowsing and he, he found how big it was, you know, and he speculated it was a lion, and that's how I got that from him. I can't say I got it from the spirit guides. But once I got, uh, I went to Egypt and I went into the Great Cheops Pyramid and uh, had my own unique experiences, which is in my nice. book, my, my life stories, my journey. Did you see the, the, the water damage on the on the Sphinx? That doesn't really make sense. Uh, no, I wasn't looking for that at that time because it was uh, when I went, it was... Oh, it was buried. That, that's right. No, no, it was not buried. It was uh, now... Uh, they got down to about two feet of the paws. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what they're looking at now with water was not uh, visible. And it was midnight when we went. So I wasn't able to look at anything like that. We were sneaked in. Well, it's estimated that, I, th I might be wrong, but it's estimated that around 10,000 years ago would be the type of environment that would cause mm. water damage on the Sphinx. Oh, yeah. It, there's so much more there than people know. Uh, when the ocean came in over it all, uh, that's where all the sand came from. But that's kind of out of the narrative. You know, people say that Egypt only existed like 6,000 years ago. No, no, no. It wasn't called Egypt, obviously. No, no. Um, but um, according to what Spirit Guides have shown me, um, the, the actual Cheops pyramid is standing on another base. You know, if they were to dig down another 20 feet, they would find a, a concrete base. You know, these big slabs and things that everybody talks about. And uh, with the, uh, the um, statue, you know, uh, I already knew that there was um, rooms in there, a library. There's books in there's scroll, there's stuff in there. Well, it's not books, it's not the way we think. Um, the technology was there. And, uh, the, you know, you walk in a place, you know, oh God, uh, so many things I could talk about. Um, I'm going to tell you one thing out of my book, my journey into the oneness um, I wrote in there. Um, I came out of body, I dived in the ocean, I went down deep. 
uh, found a crevice, wiggled through the crevice because of the spirit, and came up in a, a vacuum area um, of a water, like a water pools, you know, came up there. And as I came up, lights went on. And uh, as I went over to the wall, um, all these screens came on and they were full of, um, um, oh God, I'm, I'm not good at math, um, formulas. So I'm looking at them and I seemed to know what they were and I was checking. And then, uh, and it knew my name, knew who I was. And uh, so then uh, I felt that whatever I was checking was fine. (laughs) And then I left, I came back out the way I came out, up to the surface of the water, and then I was back in my body. So Uh, what do you think that was? Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay, because what I saw, you now see on um, uh, TV series where they have these screens and they slide their hands across like this, like I'm doing. Uh, yeah. backwards and forwards and they, you know you do it on your phone all the time you want to look at your pictures and you just slide them along well that was what it was like only it was 3d so i could so it's like a hologram uh, like a hologram yeah and i know that that's deep underneath the sphinx there's a lot of records down there but we are not ready for it and when we just slide those pictures across and look at them and touch them and it makes it bigger that's just baby stuff to them baby stuff you know what do you think that they are the wisdom of the ages is long gone in terms of us here because this earth is billions of years old Mm -hmm. so when we talk about aliens living here of course they have and when we talk about the dinosaurs and all these kinds of things, they were brought here. Okay, I, I, I actually was given a life in trance, out of body, in the Akashic Records, where I was a very, very tall bean post, if you like, no, no real muscles or anything that like people have today with workouts. There was no need to do that and we could travel long distance can you explain what the akashic records are i'm pretty sure that i have a lot of listeners that don't know what that is all right the akashic records are in the oneness of all that is and when we try and understand the oneness of all that is we can't it's impossible so what the spirit world does for us is creates an area that we go to from earth to there for us as our species to be able to die and recover our spirit and rejuvenate and look at all our past lives and and put them into a string of awareness that allows us to know I am that I am and that I exist. And, uh, you know, that is pretty well where, where people will go into halls of learning and schools of knowledge and wisdom to uh, repair themselves from what was, uh, find the true self, and then think about returning to this earth. Now, if we're old, old, old souls beyond any knowledge and wisdom, ancient souls, shall we say, then we return to, you know, different levels in the fifth plane of evolution. And uh, when you can understand your 
soul source, then you are considered, you know, an ascended master. And then you come back down on earth and uh, teach what you can relative to the times of involvement. And, uh, you know, if we talk about Gandhi, for example, he is an ascended master. Uh, and uh, if we talk about um, 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 different scientists in the past, like, uh, I can't think of his name, well, I've dried up, I suppose I don't want me to talk about him. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, um, Nostradamus, you know, was beyond his time. Not an ascended master, but pretty ascended in terms of why he wrote everything in, in stanzas and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because the world wasn't ready for it. Uh, and then we've got um, um, all these the things, like, for example, the walking lion that um, was made uh, back in uh, Elizabethan times. there thanks for listening to cryptic chronicles the show is sponsored by blueberry and if you're interested in starting your own podcast use our link we'll even give your podcast a shout out go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the blueberry link on the homepage. by doing so you'll be helping the show blueberry is optimized for itunes as well as all podcast hubs you won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees in fact you won't have to leave your own website you'll have your own rss feed and no third-party sites Try it for a month free by going through Cryptic Chronicles. Also, if you're a fan of cryptic content, please support the show on Patreon. By giving just $1 a month, you can really assist us in posting more content frequently. You'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the Discord channel. To keep up with all Cryptic Chronicles content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and of course, Facebook. Give the Facebook page a like and join the Cryptic Chronicles group. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. But most of all, thanks for listening. Most of all, thanks for listening. You know, there's so so many 
people came and gave and left because we needed to be pushed onwards in our growth. And if you look at the growth that we've gone through since 1980 to now, okay, which is only 40 years, or 42 next year, uh, you know, what, what we're actually looking at is a tremendous leap in our consciousness. Oh, massive. Never, never done before. And so we have a preparation here in, in the Piscean Age of bringing us forward from survival mode, killing and doing all the things that they did uh, through that age into the Aquarian Age, where we're learning to listen inwardly to ourselves and to the people around us through psyche abilities. And from there to be able to also channel more information in terms of our industry. And I already know that our next uh, way of heating our houses and flying our spaceships or whatever we create in the future is sound. And uh, I've written a book uh, uh, based on Einstein's theory uh, uh, psychically. Okay, so that's a book I'm actually rereading myself. Because <laughs> when I write a book, I'm channeling. I'm just like a woman possessed. Does it I seem like it the? Does it? Sorry to interrupt you. Does it mm. seem like the world is having a hard time transitioning into the age of Aquarius? Like there's a well, lot of, of struggle. Of course, because people don't understand how psychic they are until all the Piscean ages are gone. And until all the Aquarian New Ages are here using acceptable psychic senses every day of their life, we're not going to have peace. So you think that everybody using psychic abilities is the future? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, if, I, if, if you're sitting there and you're saying to me, I really want to go to the zoo, uh, and I can't go because it's locked up. Okay, so I'm going to climb over the fence where nobody's looking. And I'm sitting here and I know that you're not even going to get out of the car because there's going to be ballards and police and everything there. I would tell you that. Now, you have a choice whether you listen to me or not as a normal everyday person and make a choice and of course you might drive down there and then you find that everything I said is true there's all bollards and all sorts of police going something going on so you can't get over this fence and get in the zoo a silly example but sort of everyday thing that people might think to do mm -hmm. so that would then make you think how did she know so that's the state we're in right now how did she know but how did I know because I've seen the future I've seen instantly what happens to you when you do what you shouldn't do? So you think it's a natural advancement in our evolution? Yeah, yeah, I do. So if you think about a bunch of psychics sitting down and they're talking about rebuilding a bridge, let's make it simple, okay? There's going to be someone who's a builder. There's going to be someone who's a designer. There's going to be someone who's thinking where they should put the bridge, you know, whether the earth is so strong for it there or not, and so on and so forth. And they would each say their piece and then they would listen and congregate to find the unity of where exactly that bridge is going to be built, when it's going to be built, how it's going to be built, why it's going to be built, 
everything would be absolutely 100% stylized according to the style of what is needed for that bridge. Ah. And because they'll have sound, they'll also know how to build a bridge that is able to oscillate with earthquakes so that they don't fall down. See what I mean? Yeah. So sound is going to bring a big new consciousness into the world as to how we live. And Tes- you know, Tesla said that everything is vibration. Well, I didn't even study Tesla until about, I, somebody said to me about six months ago, Tesla stuff's coming out. So I thought I should go and look at a few things that people have said, so I read or looked. And I thought, oh my God, this is what I've been writing about for years. <laughs> Uh, Tesla's amazing. Yeah, well, again, an old soul comes down, ancient soul comes down. You know, he he claimed to get all of his ideas from aliens. He said that his brain was just a receiver. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm the the same. My brain is a receiver, and you could ask me anything, uh, assuming I've got someone with me. Uh, that I don't know, and I I will be able to tell you 100% I know. Does that mean I know tomorrow? Not necessarily. I probably forget most of it. It's just interesting that such a mainstream, famous, and accomplished scientist would say something like that. Because like mo- in like mainstream society, he could get ostracized for saying something like well, that. But he, but he to, said it. Yeah, but you have to realize he said it later after he'd been accepted. And yeah, it was he was already a success. That's true. And knowing that he would not live to be ancient. So, yeah. you know, he had to get everything out. And when he'd got everything out, then he suddenly got ill and he was gone. You know, and a lot of people were that, where is he gone? Yeah, another thing that happens sometimes is I, I'm not saying this happened to Jesus, it didn't, but the fact that Jesus disappeared and reappeared, people today still speculate that, you know, the aliens took him or something. Well, they didn't, not in his case. But in terms of people missing, sometimes they're taken up and they don't come back because they want them up there. They're working with them and doing something, you know. Yep. I, I know that, you know, if you really want to know about my journey yourself, get my journey into the oneness and you'll see I put in quite a bit about my alien encounters and going back to when I was uh, made pregnant my daughter I was going back up there to teach her a group I had a group of about 16 children and I had to teach them how to bring out their emotions because they've been brought up by the Aliens who are very intellectual. It's not that they don't feel, but they they basically don't need to expound those feelings because they know if you expound the feelings in the negative, you lose sight of where you're going and you're, what you're doing. And they're, they're procreators of new worlds. They build new worlds uh, and they, you know, they populate new worlds. That's their job. And so uh, when they test us to like putting me in a room full of spiders because I'd been literally held in bushes by nasty boys when I was a kid and had little baby spiders crawling all over me. So you can imagine what horror I went through. So they used that little, put me up, up on the uh, spaceship, put me in a room and I had ginormous spiders like a, a foot across, 
to tiddly little ones, all crawling all but over. Why, why were they doing that? Just to make you overcome your fear? To test me to see how how much fear I had. Oh. And I was screaming. I remember screaming. Seems kind of messed up. Uh, and uh, yeah, it is. It's horrifying. And then all of a sudden, the room was just a white room, white ceiling, white floor, were everywhere. And there was no spiders. And then they came and told me, it's okay. You did well. <laughs> I did well. But they were looking to see <laughs> my strengths, you see, uh, and train me to not be afraid. Uh, and I had many, many fears as a child and one by one because I was even during World War um, One, I'm sorry, World War Two. after the war, I was even going into, many of the um, men were still in prison. We didn't get them all back right away. And I was going out of body and into the bodies of men who were being for example, one man was being drowned in a bucket of water. And then they pull him up and say, tell me this, and then pull him down again. And every time he went down the water, I went in his body to get him so he could survive. You know, wow. and there, there were lots of little things like that that I was doing that I don't really talk too much about. Um, I haven't because people would say I've got a vivid imagination just like my mother because I go running to my mum and tell her right away and she said what are you talking about of course you haven't been in someone else's <laughs> body you're silly you know? <laughs> but I was doing this stuff and I was a child and I'd wake up going because <laughs> 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 you know? I'd given him my breath I'd given him my life you know, and I'd come out of it the last time because they didn't dump him anymore. He's mm -hmm. unconscious and I could leave him. And I woke up panting like hell, you know. So I, I could write reams and reams of my experiences. But what could does that do other than tell people, you know, my stories and have them say, like my mom, oh, she's got a fantasical mind. You know, no. So I kept it quiet. I didn't tell anyone. But when I dis when they finally told me I needed to talk to people about the aliens and my experience, I went out and I I did give lectures. But you know, the it was funny really because every one of the five D events that I did, he didn't have a good attendance. They messed up my recording, so people didn't get to hear what I said. So it wasn't uh, what? Shared. No, and then I realized they that did that, that on purpose. Spirit wanted me to go and speak about it, but not for the world to know about it yet. So what came after that was me doing my radio show and talking about it in videos, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I'd say a little bit here and there, that in with what I'm teaching. Uh, and so I've been doing it that way. Mm. So uh, going back to my daughter, um, picking up where I left off, my last time with her, I was... Um, about 40 I was in this country and and uh, they took me up to the ship and I remembered that because I had a beautiful flowering smelling thing outside my window and the windows were open because it was summer and hot uh, and uh, I remember smelling that and standing at the foot of my bed with the alien and then I was on the ship and uh, I was in this room where I used to teach them, but I was alone. 
And then into that room came my daughter. She's really pretty. And I was- This is your hybrid daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, she has little hair sprouts that are twiddled around like the black children do it. I thought it was really neat. And I always used to wonder why I loved the little black children's little whatnots, you know? And that day I knew because she did her hair in the same way. And uh, her her eyes were normal like mine, but probably twice the size of my eyes. Oh. And uh, her nose was uh, a little bit more flatter here on the bridge, but um, was normal at the bottom. And uh, her mouth was uh, slim like mine and her cheekbones came down so she didn't have a wide jaw. She had a narrow jaw, still has, I guess. Uh, and uh, so this was, I was, I was, uh, I'm trying to think how old I was when that was my last encounter with her. So I was about uh, 40. I'd come over to America to do the, uh, the um, first ever um, psychic convention at the shrine in LA. We were all British teams that come over to do it. And then he'd had a few Americans join up, but there wasn't much pull to pull on Americans in those days because Americans didn't know anything about metaphysical studies. Mm-hmm. So we, we arrived to show America what we knew because we've all been doing it for years. And uh, so I was about 40. So and it was just before I left to come to America that I, I saw my daughter that way. And they were leaving. She had been, been given permission to say goodbye to me. And they were all leaving to go to this planet, which was a number, which I don't remember. And so it, there was a little sort of emotional sadness between us that I wouldn't see her anymore. Uh, and uh, then I left and I was back in bed, uh, in my bedroom uh, and uh, standing there spinning my blouse again. <laughs> so they let that's, me remember it's it. It's kind of a see. bummer. Yeah. And then I was in my, uh, this house uh, only three years ago, no, two years ago. And I was out in my garage and uh, I, I was smoking then. Uh, and... Uh, no, it might be three years ago, I was smoking them. So I was having a cigarette out in the garage because it was winter. And all of a sudden, Kai, who's the father of my child, comes to me in my head and says, congratulations. And I said, what for? You know, nothing was happening. My husband was ill. Uh, and uh, he said, you're a grandmother. And I thought, well, no, I'm a grandmother here. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I said, what? He says, your daughter has three children. And I said, that's impossible. She only had a wound. And he said, you don't understand. They're your eggs. So they'd made her pregnant and they must have evolved it to make her children, they're all girls, to be able to produce, reproduce. So she's, the, the children got ovaries and womb. Uh-huh. With, my, with my eggs. That's fascinating. <laughs> so, you see, so I said, uh, why are you telling me this? He said, for two reasons. One, you should be congratulated that you have seeded a planet. And two, it's your daughter. You love her. You should know she's had babies. <laughs> and then he disappeared, you know, from my brain. So he's telepathic with me and always has been. He's about uh, 5,000 years old. Oh, wow. 
but that's not our time. It's a different. You've got to realize that, yeah, yeah different space get, time. Different space time, and we know about that now, but we didn't know about that. Oh, yeah, when, when I've been the researching Earth. the Philadelphia experiment, so I definitely oh. know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't very successful because people came back deformed or miserable or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it, they got like uh, they found out a way to get into a dimension that's out outside of normal space time, is mm. the thing. And it's sound that does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So reverberation, resonation, uh, you know, it has to be uh, controlled and restricted in many ways because it can also do a lot of damage. We learn that with the atom bombs. Oh yeah. You know, so it was it wasn't the explosion that killed people. It was a wave of energy that burned them up. Well, also in the Philadelphia experiment, when they came back, they were like in the walls. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Which is Terrible. pretty freaky. Yeah. Mm. So it's we're not ready for this technology, but knowing it exists opens a door for us to be more receptive to hearing the aliens and listening to them. The aliens only connect with people who are open-minded, and they test us. Let, you know, I told you about my one time with the spiders. They take things from our lives. Yeah, that, that was a harsh test, though. That's a little bit too much. Well, they, they've got to know we're strong enough to understand and, and cope and take that information that they're going to That's give That's true, but they used your biggest phobia against you. Well, of course. What else are they going to do? I mean, I, I, I had so many experiences as a child right up until I was about 20, actually, of uh, negative uh, situations where I was being tested. All right. So as then, long as long as you're okay with it, it seems kind of extreme to me. I, yeah, I would have I would have maybe worked up to that. Like that's like well, a that'd be a ten for me. Like I'd start at the bottom. Like maybe you don't like snakes, and I'd like one snake in a room with you. Well, that was you know another time they put me in a room with snakes. <laughs> like I would uh, work up to the scariest stuff that you're scared of. I wouldn't just immediately throw you in there. Well, I wasn't I wasn't waking up. I was out of body in the spaceships when they did that. I mean, I wasn't out of body. I was in real form on the spaceships. Oh, you weren't so, you weren't astral projecting? No, no. I was taken every time up to the ships. I even know what the ships are like. For example, in England, um, during the daytime, I was dusting and all of a sudden I felt someone was in the room and I turned around. There was two greys and a reptilian. The reptilians are That's not, freaky. They're, they're not freaky. They're, they're, they're policemen because the greys, if we get violent, we can harm them. So the reptilians are the policemen. They make sure we don't harm them. Because while they're testing us, you know, like if you're uh, being tested uh, or, or checked and you struggle, they've got to hold you down. I just don't trust reptilians. Well, you don't trust them because <laughs> because they hold you down. Now, as far as the uh, man, the mantis, I've never I've never found them. I think they're imagination. I've never found anybody. I've asked the spirit guides. I've asked the um, uh, aliens, and they just look at me like, "What?" <laughs> it's imagination. It's people's imaginations, as far as I know. I can't prove or disprove that, but if I don't get proof and source that I know I trust, then 
you know, I, I don't believe these people. Maybe they're in a different timeline. Could be, could be. But, you know, obviously they, they don't want us to know about it. Those of us who do have contact, real contact, you know, with the aliens, uh, you know, maybe they're protecting us from it. Maybe they are harmful. I don't know. But why would you think about the structure of um, a praying mantis? They eat, they eat is, your face off. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they've got a tongue that swipes out. It might as well be a, a, a comedian or something. They've got a lot of that. <laughs> things have got tongues that sweep out. I think it's people's horror ideas and they had a nightmare. They've been tested with that and they think it's real, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the anatomical way they are, even if you give them the wings that they have, they're fragile. You could, you know, a human, if you're in the physicality of that world, uh, uh, could just wring their necks. They got an exoskeleton. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> all, all bugs like that. They have the uh, their no, 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 but bones I mean, are on it, the outside. Yeah, but oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, but what I'm saying is when, you know, unless they're like 20 foot big, how, how you, you know, you can't fight that. But if they're just... Just uh, go for the know, legs. Yeah, you, you could just get them down. <laughs> like, I, I just, it just doesn't work for me. And then this spirit guide showed me or take me there. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm i not going along with that one. Yeah, I know a lot about the mantis. Mm. But just lore. I mean, I, I've actually never had any, like, contact or experience or anything. Mm. But I, but I know a lot about them just by researching. Okay, well, I haven't, so I don't. <laughs> I, don't particularly, I don't particularly want to know because uh, I think I've got enough on my plate with what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But anyway, I was going back to the uh, these uh, people, you know, you, so I went outside with them. They took me outside and all I've got is a garden. And, you, you know, and I can see behind my garden is a playing field where the kids go and play school, kid, you know, games. So there's nothing. And as I step out my, my um, back door, this little shadow happens. And there is a cone shape, just like the thing that they sent the original astronauts up and they came floating down with a parachute. Exactly ah. the same. Just looking like that. And we walked up to it. And there was a sliding door. We got in, sliding door shut. All that was inside was a a U-shaped seat. Again, very white. Sat sat down, hardly sat down. And then the door opened and we got out on the ship. Second, I mean, I probably could have sat down, looked around, got up. That's how quick it was. And I know you know, you're seeing me so you can see what I'm saying, but listeners, sit down, get up right away. That's how quick it was. And um, and walking out on the ship, sometimes the ships, uh, the alien ships have a metata- meta- metallic sound when you walk. You know, there's a lot of metal around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Arcturians is all white, white, um, just I don't know how much of it is really real. Uh, it's biogenetic. The, the ship changes. It's like physical. It's like physical. Is it alive? 
it is alive. It's like a computer itself, but it has form. And does does it want to do what it's doing, or is it like a drone? No, it's there's people in it, obviously. Well, They're does, all connected. Does, does the ship have consciousness? Um, it's like an AI. Oh. It's its whole sense of it knows how to take care of itself. That's pretty it cool. Knows how, how to take care of the people on it? Um, the people, the Arturians are very tall. I, I mean, you know, and I, I remember going out there at seven years old, and um, this man is humanoid sitting next to me, and uh, he must. You know, I, I don't know. It's hard to assess when you're seven years old, but mm-hmm. he must have been at least twenty feet tall, and he's sitting down. So, uh, and in this this little white table I'm lying on, while he's checking me, um, his hands are like twice the size of my hands as I saw it Freaky. then. So, and he was just checking me. It was very nice, and, and he said that um, I'm a storage member. I'm one of them. Now, I've been to their planet, which is dead, but they're still there. It's and, dead? Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, they're like wisps of smoke. Huh. That's their spirit. And then they'll shudder, and then they'll become human form. But they don't live in human form. That's weird. They are, they are soul. They are spirit. So they're they just are. like fully spiritual aliens. Yeah. Now, I, used, I used to be taken there by... Sister Teresa, one of my guides I had in the early years, she's part of me now. I don't really see her or hear her, I just know. Uh, and, uh, you know, she she would take me there. It was like full star on the right, third star on the left or something, you know, zoom, 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 and we're there mm-hmm. through space. And I had a light down on the, on the planet, literally come floating down because uh, my spirit could do that. And uh, then I'd wait, and then this shuddering, like smoke from a cigarette would come, and then he would shudder some more, and he would be there. And uh, I said to him once, it's all in my book, you know, I wish people would buy it, actually read it, by Journey into the Oneness. No, um, I read it. Oh, oh no, 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 I read the other one. The light okay. side of The light side of the oneness. Oh, that's the the evolution of yeah. Spirit. I gotta read. Yeah. I gotta read the other one still. Okay. Well, I've got seventeen books published. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, so in, in my my life story, you know, I put in quite a bit of the aliens and spiritual things that I went through. And uh, so, in this particular story that's in there, um, I it's one of my first times there. I said, Tim why are you here on this derelict planet you know mm-hmm. and he's he said is that how you see it was that bit? and i said yes he said sit down so i sat down on the rocks <laughs> and uh, dirt that was there and he just put the back of his hand fingertips to the earth and a little water spring came out and then the next thing I saw was grass growing everywhere. And very quickly before my eyes, I had sitting in a garden. And uh. so he, he was showing me right then and there. Like a vision? No, it was real. He oh. was showing me right then and there that they have the ability to transform anything and make it solid or make it liquid 
or make it gas. And well, they do not need a body. That coincides with physics. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, you know, I was learning and I went back many times, not always to remember it when I wake up, but within days I, it was given to me again, so I'd recall it. So, um, yeah, you know, my brain goes where most people's brains doesn't go. Oh, mine too. I like <laughs> it though. Yeah, yeah. So, any other questions? How are we doing? Yeah, I got about 10 minutes left before I got to mm. go. Is there mm. any stuff that you got going on soon that I can help you promote? Well, I, it would definitely help me if you could ask people to easy peasy solutions Okay, is still up. Okay. Um, and uh, for the sign up page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I would like people to do is to go there and tell me what they're interested in and what they would like to study. Because if I get a core of, say, five to 10 people who are all saying the same thing, then I will set up that class and we will start teaching. And of course, if they're beginners, we start with intro lectures, talks, and things like that. So I'm currently working on making those and uh, I hopefully will have, you know, some, some people, I, I just did a, a four weeks of intro on the psychic ability where I taught them uh, how to protect themselves, to know what the five senses are, as we were talking earlier, that kind of thing. And those are um, up on easy peasy. So you can mm-hmm. go there and, and learn that. Uh, and uh, I, I'm not sure if Katie put it on Sumari's education. I got the well. link right here. Yeah. Okay. So everybody listening to this, make sure you go to easypeasysolutions.org and sign up. There, mm. The link will be in the show notes, as well mm. as all the other links to reach Dr. Margaret, as well as her books and her podcast, which is called Journey into an Unknown World. And it's very good and you should listen to it. Well, you know, when I started doing that show, they were half hour shows. The guy who wanted me to do it pushed me to do it. I was resistant and I'm so glad he pushed me. He wanted me to be a host and have people on. And I said, no, I don't do that because, you know, I'm not going to ask people questions I already know. So I said, I I don't want to do it. But then he said, well, why don't you just teach what you know? And that's when I came around to doing it. And they're all teaching. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Stuff you can learn and never ever come to me for a class. (laughs) (laughs) But those classes sound good. I mean, if you really want to get good at meditation, that sounds like a pretty good place to be. Yeah, um, I'm. I've got a lot I want to teach. We're starting off with psychic development. Obviously, that's why because we need it for the kids in the future. And then uh, I'm going to be teaching uh, hypnosis, uh, introductory, uh, and then I'm going to be teaching introductory psychology and psychiatry. These are foundation stones for people who eventually want to become counsellors, coaches, reverends, you know, uh, and missionaries. Uh, you know, so we've got Universal Christchurch as well. That side, I'll, I'll be teaching some psychic development, some counseling, some coaching, uh, you know, a lot of uh, work on how to be there for people who are negative and how to deal with them. Uh, you know, if someone comes to 
uh, be with you and you know they're going to be violent, you've got to you know how to protect yourself. You know? So you never know it's going to come through your door when they want help. Definitely extremely valuable lessons. Mm -hmm. So I always start with how to protect self first on every course and how to know yourself on every course, even down to body language, expressions, mind, body, spirit, heart, soul. I got to get them to be prepared for what they will encounter once they move forward. So I'm doing the theory right now. But, you know, my dream is I hope that by the time Las Vegas is really, really free, because right now they're open, but so many people are pouring in and go there. So nobody <laughs> wants to go there who lives there. You know, they will stay home. Mm -hmm. But given time, when I've got enough students who have done all the theories on a topic, I will go to Las Vegas and invite them to come there for the practical for maybe a long weekend, like Friday night, Saturday and Sunday or something. They can enjoy a show. You know, yeah, that'll be awesome, listeners. Yeah. So um, the, they'll get the practice as well. But I don't know when exactly because we're so locked down under COVID. We can't even uh, put anything up on it. And I just mentioned the word and I didn't. The bug. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we, we've got to wait till we're free to be able to do that. But it will happen. And oh, it will. That I just is don't know when. <laughs> soon, soon. That is easypeasysolutions.org. There will also be links to it, as well as all the other stuff that we went over just now in yeah. the show notes. And one last thing I'd love to put out, if you don't mind. Go for it. We need financial support no matter who you are where you are if you're in possession of wanting to invest i'm not controlling this i let it go through the one is the way it should go so spirit have told me there's a rich person out there i have no idea who they are but if they're listening please contact me do you have a, a paypal account yeah do you have a um a patreon account I have one for UCC, Sumaris Education Center. We're not using it yet, but that would be the business. If you set up a, a Patreon account, I will definitely put that link in the show notes of this episode. I don't know how to do that. I'll talk to Katie. Okay. Um, well, you, if you do set it up, just let me know. And that'll be mm. a good way for that rich person who's going to find you to get that money to you. Yeah. And Katie Kamara is my partner in this project. And she is brilliant too. And she puts up our show, Dr. Margaret and Dr. Katie Speaks, every Saturday. And any recordings I make, she puts them all up for me. So perfect. She's perfect too. She's very clever. So look her up as well on Soma, S-O-M-A, Fusion, Media.com. And can you also ask her to maybe make a Patreon account? I could help you set up a really good one. Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-O-N. I'll Actually, I'll just send you a link once we're done recording, okay? All right. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate your help. And of course. Attention. It was very nice having you on the show again. We'll see each other soon. I'm sorry my schedule's been so crazy, but yeah. things are going to get better. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it. Thank Absolutely. Thank you for wonderful questions. They were good. <laughs> Always a pleasure, Dr. Margaret. Thank you.
That's all for today's episode. If you're interested in any of uh, Dr. Margaret's work, I'll leave the link to everything in the show notes, including her podcast, Easy Peasy Solutions, her books. Go ahead and check it out. As always, Dr. Margaret is a wonderful addition to the show, and I, uh, I just like her a lot. I think she's pretty cool. She's pretty much like um, probably one of the most interesting people I've talked to on here. And who knows, maybe she'll be a regular on the show. At least like maybe every 10 or 15 or 20 episodes or so. I like to mix it up. I don't want to get too stale on here. That's why I'm also thinking of doing more like compilation episodes of multiple topics at once. To just kind of keep things interesting. Anyway, Cryptic Chronicles is available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts. Um, It's on a lot of them now. Just look for it and it's there. If you can, make sure to review, like, or comment wherever you hear this content. The interaction makes the algorithms like the episode and will spread it and help grow the show and whatnot. So you're doing more than your fair share of just doing that, of supporting the show. The Cryptic Chronicles is free to listen to. The cost to produce it is substantial. By pleasing the gods of the algorithm, you're basically assisting in producing the show. The more people, the more sponsors, the more everything, the more... I can bring you more and better stuff. (laughs) And if you really, really like Cryptic Chronicles and you happen to be awesome, then consider supporting us on Patreon. For just a dollar, you can unlock full uncensored shows with no ads. You'll get extremely early access to all of my content, not just the podcast. You'll also get access to a handful of exclusive podcast episodes, as well as a bunch of other possible awesome stuff, including joining the Discord channel. Just go to crypticchronicles.com at the top, click the Chronicler's Vault to link to Patreon or just crypticchronicles slash Patreon. I know a lot of you haven't been, well, you've been like doing it uh, through the, through like desktops or whatever, but you can actually download an app for your phone and it just has everything you need right there. It's super awesome. So definitely download the Patreon app if you're interested in that stuff because it makes everything way easier. And speaking of awesome, I'd like to thank my current patrons, MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Paul, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Max, Michael Worrell, and Jimmy Woods. Thanks for supporting Cryptic Chronicles, but most of all, thanks for listening. And as one of the most interesting researchers in consciousness once said, When I first tried a sensory deprivation tank, people thought I had lost my mind. In fact, I had found it.